0: This is wrestling for the faith. Wrestling for the faith.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to wrestling for the faith. I'm Casey, and I am Chad today. You are Chad today. Praise the Lord. I'm just gonna stay Chad. Yeah, I'm just, just gonna stay Chad, man. I like just be anymore. Chad. That's that's me. I'm just I'm just Casey because either way, I'm Casey. So I'm just gonna be Casey. <laughs> that's it. Amen. Uh, Let's keep it. Man. So. Great week so far. We'll get into uh, we'll get into some of it here in just a little bit. Before we uh, jump into our subject or subjects today, um, we want to go ahead and let everybody know about the upcoming Remnant Retreat. So we had planned for the weekend of July 22nd through the 24th. Um, It was going to be at uh, some family property on the river, Uh, but we've had an overwhelming um, response and and praise the Lord for that. So uh, we got in touch with a camp up here in Benton, Tennessee. It's called Camp Agape, and uh, we are going to do the retreat there, uh, but we had to we had to uh, we had to change the dates on that uh, because they already had it booked. Good news is um, it's still in the summer. Uh, the dates are uh, Friday, August twelfth through Sunday, August fourteenth. So that's going to be at Camp Agape in Benton, Tennessee. Uh, here's some more good news for some of those who, who were hearing before camp out and might not have, uh, have enjoyed uh, it being in tents. Uh, here we have cabins uh, with, with bunks. So, uh, so you will have a, a place to sleep without being on the ground in a tent. I know how some people are. I know how some former Marines are who don't like uh,
0: <laughs> staying in a tent. <laughs> I knew it. But if you said it, I was going to say it, but you beat me to it. Thank the Lord for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. And yeah, I went and looked the place over and I'd been there before for, you know, different church events and stuff, but never really looked inside the cabins and everything. And it really gave me a man camp feel.
0: So, you
1: know, to get back to that will be just amazing. And I know these kids don't know what we're talking about. There's only a few of us out there that do, but man, um, ever since the, the man camp experience, anything that reminds me of man camp, it's just like uh, automatic Holy ghost
0: flood in me. Mm, Yes, sir. (laughs) Amen, dude. That's I'm telling you, man. And, and, you know, the thing about the, uh, the camp agape. It's like, like you said, we have facilities now. Um, in case some crazy weather happens, we have something we can be in a shelter a little bit. Um, there's a really cool spot that you preached, uh, preached in. It's like a covered, I don't want to call it a barn because the walls are out of it, but there's a a little altar kind of deal And just it's gonna yeah. be, man, I really think the Lord set it up. And I want to think, and I can't go through every name, but listening, if you're listening and you've given, uh whether it be financially or or in prayer, we just want to thank each and every person because man, it's been overwhelming dude, and you you even said it it's it's basically confirmation from the Father that we're stepping in to what me, you and Jason feel that we're supposed to be stepping into and is poured into the next generation yeah yeah and and the good thing
1: is lord willing uh we're we're okay with with the number that we already had in mind, but with this opportunity to have it at Camp Agape, if needed, uh, we can expand a little bit and we can have uh, more kids at this retreat. Uh, and mm-hmm. we're going to be having we're going to be having more uh, chaperones and and helpers, teachers in in the in the uh, in the retreat. So that is a great thing, and we're really looking forward to it. Uh, so mark that on your calendars. Uh, Friday, August the 12th, through Sunday, August the 14th. And uh, we will be reaching out to those who are already signed up. Um, we'll be reaching out to those to make sure that they can still attend uh, because of that date change. We hope so. Um, but if you would like to uh, to come and be a part of this Remnant Youth Retreat, uh, ages 12 to 18, um yeah. you can email us well actually parents have your chi- have your have your parents <laughs> excuse me there you go <laughs> <laughs> children Have your parents to email us. Uh, I feel like mean Gene back in the day of uh, the the old WCW hotline. (laughs) Children, get your parents' permission. Call
0: (laughs) (laughs) 1-900-909-9900. At least you you didn't do, like, remember the old Sid Vicious promo where he was, like, cut the promo, and he goes, Wait, he swore, but can we do that again? And he goes, no, we're live, pal. Yeah, we're live. <laughs> no, you can't do that again. <laughs> oh,
1: man, he had some good ones. Him and, oh, and Snyder are probably some of the most entertaining <laughs> promos.
0: Um, oh, dude. That's oh, terrible. man. <laughs> dude, dude. I love it. I love it. What? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're, we're excited. We're excited. We know that we are um, – man, I'll say it. We're facing a battle. You know, I think that the enemy's coming strong with the youth this day and time, but I feel like, dude, what you, Jason, and I have been called to do, um, it's a mission. It mm-hmm. is a mission that that the Holy Spirit and the Father is gonna be there with us. I truly believe that, but we're um, we're excited, man. and i and I, I just I know we got ten, you said ten already. Dude, yeah, I feel like there's gonna, gonna be there's gonna be, yeah, more flooding in and just wanting to be poured into. And, you know, we're – man, we're just excited about what's about to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we definitely are. Um, So, if you would like to have your child attend the Remnant Youth Retreat, August 12th through the 14th, email us at wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. Also, uh, if you feel led to give financially uh, to this, uh, you can – you can do so on Venmo at wrestling for the faith or on the cash app, dollar sign wrestling for the faith. And then all others uh, who also have been pouring in with their prayers and, and, you know, words of encouragement. We, we thank you keep those coming because we really believe uh, that the father is going to do something amazing in this. Yes.
0: Amen, dude. Amen. So
1: man, we have been in uh, revival at uh, at Christian Outreach uh, in Cleveland, Tennessee, all week it's been it's been amazing. The Holy Spirit has moved in a great way every night, and uh, I'm just grateful for what is going on out there. We're kind of letting the Holy Spirit lead as, as far as you know uh, when or if we're going to stop or take a break. But you know, as long as revival is happening as long as, as long as the Holy spirit is pouring out and people are being saved and people are being transformed. And, and, you know, we've had several come forward wanting a closer walk with the Lord and that's all age, man. And uh, it's such a blessing. So uh, everybody be in prayer for that. And uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's an amazing thing because it's been scary for me stepping out on faith and doing what the Holy Spirit has, has told me to do. And, you know, I went, I explained that, went through that on a, an episode or two ago, uh, you know, what the word that the, the Spirit gave me at man camp and then the multiple confirmations. Um, and I've stepped out and, you know, uh, I'm preaching meetings and just letting the Holy Spirit lead. And man, he's providing. And, yeah. and what we're seeing, uh is just, it's great. And I'm, I'm praising the Lord for it. We just pray for, for it to continue that revival overflow that, that we began, uh, praying for, we, we, We started talking about revival. We started and man, it's so funny because that first episode we had planned that we were just going to talk about like Azusa Street and Brownsville and, you know, some of these past revivals and what the Lord did. And he totally shifted that. And he was like, no, this is not going to be about past revivals. This is going to be about what is taking place in you guys heart. And it's not just us. I mean, he's, he's pouring into others all around mm-hmm. the world and, and we're seeing uh, the fruit of it overflow into others. So
0: yeah. thank you. Lord. Yeah. What, and I'll ask you, man, I've seen, so you've been holding these revival services in, in Tennessee. What I've seen is a shift from man, basically when the doors open back up at my church from the, you know, with COVID when they said we could open up our churches until now there's been this shift in the atmosphere, mm-hmm. things I've noticed differently than before. Um, for me, it's been like people are more hungry. Yeah. You know, I posted a, a devotional video this week, uh, on Matthew 14 where Jesus fed the 5,000 plus And then as I'm reading that, I was looking and I went, I started asking myself how many of those who were fed fish and bread, whatnot, after they were fed and the bellies were full, got up and decided, okay, cool. I've had enough. Mm -hmm. How many of them stayed because they wanted more from Jesus? Yeah. And I asked myself that, and I've seen that shift in the atmosphere. (laughs) And you spoke about that. There was a shift on that episode where we were just going to talk about revival history. Yeah. No, for four or five episodes, God you know, flow through us, the spirit flow through us to speak about true revival, birthing in our families and the churches. And that's what I've seen in my church. That's what I've seen speaking at other churches, um, and even seeing certain youth groups, certain pastors. I know that are buddies of mine stepping out even more, speaking about topics that are not, you know, uh, uh, whatever, um, the right thing, quote unquote, to speak about, but have to be spoken about. So what have you seen? Not only the services you're holding, because you and I experienced a little bit with some of the stuff we've done, but what have you seen in your church? Have you seen a shift? Of people being more hungry, the spirit falling. Because my service this past, yeah, Sunday, uh, my my niece was dedicated. Dude, it turned into a basically after the dedication of the baby, it turned into a worship service. Yeah, there was worship. There was praying for a a married couple that was was starting a basically a, a United States loop of marriage counseling and family counseling. Dude, it was just an outpouring of spirit. And all I could do is just cry. You know what I mean? It was just, God, this is what it is, just to sit at your feet. I'm I'm not ever going to be satisfied until I'm in the presence of the Father. And that's really what I've seen happen in my church and my pastors preaching and others preaching is just this flowing of the Holy Spirit, dude, where people are hungry and where people truly come to just rest in the Lord and not look at their clock and go, it's 1220, man, I got to be out of here. The time didn't matter. It stood still as people just were at the altar crying, whatever it may be, man. So what have you seen and what have you experienced at, in your area? Well, it, it's, it's kind of been the same in,
1: in most places. And, you know, I've said it before, and it's something that I have repeated this week throughout these meetings. Um, there is not a shortage of revival, Mm-mm. but there is a shortage of people who are accepting what God is sending and so you know like I, i'm not into conspiracy theories so well we're going to get hate tweets anyway and they're going to call us a bunch of conspiracy theorists just for just for mentioning this but uh, you know for the last couple of years there's been that phrase going around the great reset yeah and and so you know uh but i distinctly remember the spirit having me stand uh and and, and say in. 2020, I guess, what was it, March, April, whenever they first started trying to shut churches down and all this other stuff, Mm -hmm. um, the spirit spoke to me and, and I stood and told people that what was happening was going to be the Lord seeing, okay, are you truly in love with me? Can you worship me without being in a building with all the people with all of the, and I'm not being negative because there's, you know, there is emotion when the spirit is moving, but so can you worship without everybody around you being emotional and the emotionalism Mm-hmm. Can you worship without the smoke and lights and the worship team up on the stage? Can you worship without your normal church setting? Uh, It's going to be, I believe what the whole COVID thing was and and it's what the father did, what the enemy meant for evil, God turned and made it for good because what it did for those who would receive it, uh, now, it took some out, and they've never come back, and that was just because I, I, i'm not I'm not trying to be mean, but that was because their heart wasn't for God anyway. They were right. in love with the church, they were in love with the whole uh, you know, hey, let me go to the church so that I could get entertained for an hour or two a week. and you know, so some of them have not returned, uh, but those whose hearts were for the Father. Uh, they have and they are seeing uh, a great move in their heart and life. And I believe, like I said, what the enemy meant for evil, God turned for good. And he he brought about a great reset in the body of Christ. And now those people who for a, months, however long, I don't know, we I never really stopped uh, doing church, you know, but no, those for however long um, were away from the church building and the whole church setting. Uh, they, they, came back to that one-on-one personal relationship with Jesus. They were able to worship one-on-one with him, not, not waiting to have everybody you know, shouting and hollering around them, uh, not waiting until the Spirit started moving through somebody else. They were able to cultivate their own personal relationship with the Lord, and now they are stronger. So I would say that the body of Christ is stronger because of COVID because of the shutdown of churches. And I believe that is what is coming out of, of, you know, the whole COVID situation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a remnant. It's a remnant, bro. We say it all the time. There's a remnant rising. There is uh, this group that is going to, I believe, turn the world upside down, bro. We spoke about act 17. I believe it is many, many times. And it took those ones who were always comfortable And man, I'm not, I I pray for them that they come back, but it took the ones who were comfortable and COVID shook them. And now they're, they think it's okay to sit at home and watch online instead of being in fellowship when the word tells us we need to be in fellowship with other Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters. And, but you're right, man, it's, it's caused to me, a more hunger to truly be satisfied and not just go about lights. You know, we experienced it at man camp. We keep going back to that because it was life changing for us where I don't want to tell any secrets. Anyway, the worship setting for us was yeah. not lights and cameras in action. It was just, it was music being played where you would worship in your own way, whether Mm -hmm. it's on your face, hands raised, sitting in a chair, whatever it may be comfortable for you, dude, that's what it was. And I've experienced that in, in, in sitting right here in my office, dude, this little squared office where there's nights where I just put a song on on my phone. And when you can worship like that and just be on your face or when you're in the, the word reading the word and that living word comes to life you start to be emotional and you start to pray in the spirit or whatnot, bro, that's true. Worship, worship, I think, I think a lot of people think, Oh, worship, I need to play some music. That's not always the truth. Mm -hmm. Worship is, you know, we've spoken about going to the father in prayer and, and just uh, falling at his feet, man. It's just being in his presence. And I think we, I know we're seeing this amazing hunger. We experienced it. You and I, uh, I can't remember the exact date. You may know the show I did for you, for global wrestling ministries. The next night we did our wrestling for the faith. Second, second little service. And we experienced it just you and I up there talking about identity, sharing testimonies, this, that, playing some worship music, uh, some team guys, women and men standing up, testifying and crying mm-hmm. in front of people. They didn't even know, bro. Yeah, That's the spirit. That's the Holy spirit falling, not in a church, but yeah. some leaky old building in yeah. McDonald, Tennessee. We say it all the time, with no heat, no AC, just some random building that the father placed us in to share the word and share truth, dude. And we're going to see more of that, bro. And I think that moving into our, our, our remnant youth retreat, there's a reason we're calling it that because we believe that we're, we're led to help help push forth this remnant to the next generation that can go into, we've said last week, go into schools, you know, go into their little, whatever their, their athlete groups and they can share the gospel Mm -hmm. with pride, with passion and with, you know, no shame in sharing the gospel
1: amen amen i wanna i'm wanna read something that was very interesting and you know as I am moving more and tapping into uh the spirit you know it's yeah you know i i've had these before, but a lot of times I believe I kind of cast things off as just my imagination Uh, because in, in the churches that I was raised, you didn't have people talking about dreams and visions that, that the father was giving them, Um, you know? So I just, I just thought, Oh, well, you're just imagining this stuff, but some of these have been so strong and, and lately, you know, I've, I've got a few of them, but one that just really hit me. And this was written Monday morning. Um, and it was referring to the morning before's church service. Uh, so it says toward the end of yesterday morning service at church, the Holy spirit began giving me a vision of a huge flood of water bursting through the back wall of the church. So in my church, this is, we've got a big cross on the, on the back wall. So then there's the platform where the worship team is and the, the, the podium where the pastor's at. So like what I'm envisioning was coming through that cross, just a huge flood of water, like a, like, like there was a big pond up there and, it started leaking and just burst through. So says so a huge flood of water bursting through the back wall of the church. This huge explosion of water went powerfully through the church building, seemingly destroying everything in sight. Chairs were overturned with people in them. All of the church walls exploded from the water pressure, sending the people of the congregation out on a mighty wave through the community. I never felt any fear concerning this vision. In fact, I felt excited, even though I wasn't sure exactly what it meant. Last night, as I was preaching at Christian Outreach, the Spirit had me speak on fires of revival burning in ch- inside church buildings. But if we refuse to take the fire, and in parentheses, I have the gospel outside the walls of the church, the fire will eventually lose oxygen and die out in prayer this morning. So Monday morning, Holy spirit revealed to me the meaning of the water vision. I believe the spirit is saying for those who embrace the Ephesians four model and allow the five fold ministry to equip the saints to go out and do the work of the ministry, a great outpouring is coming. So, What I, what I am feeling is there's so many who have got caught up in numbers. Hey, I I know several people who um, at one time they were so focused on numbers that the, the, the spiritual, um, the spiritual Place, or uh, that's not the word that I'm looking for. Exactly the the spirituality of the uh, of the the people that they had was dying <laughs> because they were so focused on trying to. And there's nothing wrong with doing outreach. There's nothing wrong with going out and inviting people to church. There's nothing wrong with doing events to try to, uh, you know, let people know, Hey, you know, we've got a church out here. Come and come and join us. We'd love to have you. You're welcome. There's nothing wrong with that, but some have have gotten so focused on the the whole church growth model uh, in the last several years that they have, they have worried so much about going out and pulling in numbers. And for the most part, Of course, we want people coming in our churches. We want, you know, we want people there. We want people to hear the gospel. We want people to be born again. But the truth of the matter is the the church is to equip the saints. Right. Okay. So we seen people going out and focusing on trying to pull people in. They were using all of their energy to try to pull people in and get numbers in the church instead of worrying about equipping the ones that they had inside the church. And, you know, the Holy Spirit told me several years ago, he said, if you focus on The five, if you've got five people in your congregation, if you focus on setting those five on fire, They are going to go out and reach people for the gospel. You're not going to have to worry about begging people to come in because these people are going to be so on fire by the by the spirit that they are going to be going out and preaching Jesus at their jobs, whether they're in Walmart, at the mall, at the mechanic shop, wherever they are, they're going to be out preaching the gospel. And then when they lead people to Jesus uh, and those people need a place to come to be discipled and equipped, they're going to say, Hey, you're welcome to come to my church. Yeah. And so we've, we've got the model all wrong uh, where we're focused on trying to pull people in instead of equipping those uh, instead of equipping those who are inside uh, your church or, or in the body of Christ already. Let me read this. Ephesians chapter four, beginning at verse 11, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man that's a mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is what, that is what we were. That's what the church is for to equip the saints to go out and do the work of the ministry.
0: Yeah, dude. I think as you're speaking right now, two things, an analogy I can use is you running global wrestling ministries training facility. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell, tell me how many guys you have come train on a, a random week. It's not many from what I've seen when I did the seminar there. So it's like you going, you're training, say 10 right now. Mm-hmm. Now in your mind, you start thinking, man, I'd really love to train 50. Well, if you have 50 guys and girls in there and you're training them all at the same time, you're not able to, to really pour into them what it means to have good psychology, uh, sell properly, bump properly, whatever it may be in the pro wrestling world. Yeah, But with having with having eight or 10 or even 12, you're able to pour in to these young men and young women in the wrestling terms to be a better performer, to go on and teach someone else to be a better performer instead of them just getting a little trickle of what we got. So I think about Jesus and the 12 disciples, he mm-hmm. could have easily, dude, he's the son of God. He's, he's God in flesh walking amongst us for 33 years. He could have easily had um, 500 disciples following him. Truly exactly. believe that but he chose these 12 whose hearts were pure and true and wanted to be with him and knew who he was. He chose these 12 to pour into, Mm -hmm. you know, he didn't think about numbers. He thought about the long-term sharing the gospel, you know, and that's what happened with these 12 is they were, they turned the world upside down. I keep saying that, but they really did. He poured everything into them. He taught them. They, They walked with him. They prayed with him and all these other things. And it wasn't about some, model, you know, to him, he, he, he set the example. If you ask me, Jesus set the example that sometimes that small model is best. Like you said, we can have five people in a service, whatever it may be. I can have five at a youth service that I've, I've been there. I've I've spoken to five youth boys and girls in an upstairs, basically attic of a church one time. Mm -hmm. And, and (laughs) in my mind at that time, I'm thinking, man, I really wish there was 500, but looking back now, I would much rather speak to those five than 500 because those five I could pour into deeply and intimately in a Holy spirit way. And they would grasp the things and they could go on and pour into others. So we have to remember that, that it's not about some formula of, Oh, I got to build the church this way. I got to, you know, have this many people in here because the obedience of the small things the Lord's yeah, going to provide, he's going to it. provide the Holy spirit's going to flow through that. And you've seen it many, many times where we've talked about these revivals where these groups of two or three would go in and pray over this area uh, for a revival to happen. And it would burst something amazing. And that's really just getting away from that number thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've seen, and, and I'm not talking bad about churches, man, by any means, but you've seen churches who had all they think about is how many people raise their hands to submit, you know, Confess their faith to Jesus Christ or whatever. Oh, we've, we've got 25. Yay, yep. praise the Lord. How many did you have come to the altar and fall on their face and, and repent pornography yep. problems of being a drunkard or a, an abuser? Or how many people truly submitted to the Lord? You know what I mean? I've been there where I've had to go to the altar and just fall on my face and lay there. You know what I mean? Fall on my face and just lay there, bro. And And that's what it's about. It's not about some numbers game. Don't care. Jesus is not up there, up there checking a box going, Oh, yes, we got 25 right here. Nope. He's saying, who's, who wants to be satisfied? Who's hungry? Who's falling at my feet? Who wants more?
1: Amen. Amen. You know, the funny thing about it is there's a place and I can't recall exactly where it is in the gospels. Uh, I want to say somewhere around maybe John six, maybe not, uh, but Jesus is having all of these followers. All of these people are following him, and he jumps up and, and takes off. He, he goes off by himself. And yeah. <laughs> I heard somebody once say, you know, that would be today's pastor's dream you know they would think Jesus is insane you've got all of these people gathered around you that you know they're they're looking at you wanting a word they're wanting your teaching and everything you've got all these people who have gathered up and you take off to go just leave them like and it's the thing is we need to be focused on equipping those who are already in and yeah. And that's the that's the model, that Ephesians four model, and the exact same thing. We've talked about it before. I think actually one of our earlier episodes uh, we talked about God's church growth model. Mm-hmm. So you know we talked about how in the book of Acts, like Acts chapter two, you know they were all filled with the Spirit. Peter goes out preaching, and it says that three thousand were added to the kingdom that day. That's God's church growth model to, to 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 let the spirit just flood and and let him do his thing instead of worrying about all of our programs. And I'm not trying to be negative about programs and and, you know, all this other stuff. Uh, there are some good things, but it, it's not it's not about programming to try to draw people in. We preach the gospel, we equip those who are there, and let them go out and, and, and preach the gospel as well. Instead of, instead of going out and saying, hey, uh, come to my church, which if, if that's all you feel confident to do, then, then that's totally fine. But we need to be teaching people to go out and share Jesus instead of saying, hey, go out and come to my church. Mm-hmm. because yes. when you go and set, when you go and preach Jesus to somebody, you're not going to have a problem getting them to come to church if they're truly born again.
0: Right. And I think that's what the great commission go make disciples in all nations, all parts of the world. And, and I think that's really what we, you, myself, Jason, and anybody else that's not only pouring into the youth, but, but a pastor of a church, we're being, we're being called that is our mission to go make disciples for them to be equipped. Like you were talking about there to be equipped, to go out and share Jesus even more and to equip, equipped others. I know lately I've been really into that disciple making because mm-hmm. I had so many men that, um, that have poured into me and helped build me up. Dr. Michael Brown. I constantly mentioned his name, just a, a, you know, a spiritual father for me. Um, and I got so many other brothers, man, so many friends of you and I that just pour into me. We pour in each other. And that's what it's about, dude. It's about sharpening one another. But I think you got to have that spiritual father or spiritual mother. If you're a woman mm-hmm. that's pouring into you and building you up and, and teaching you the scriptures, that things you may not know that you can go to and have questions or whatever it may be, man. And it's so important because that's what Jesus was to the disciples. You know, they were lucky enough to walk hand in hand with the son of God. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We don't physically have Jesus in front of us, but we have the word and we have the Holy spirit living in within us. You know, we are the temple. And to me, that's like, wow, bro, we house the Holy spirit. We are the temple of God. And we have him walking with us every single day, whether it's a physical hand in hand, but he's in our heart, he's in our minds, he's in our soul and our spirit. And bro, that's incredible to think about that. We're being discipled and led by God himself. So what more can we ask for? It's just really diving into the word, diving into prayer and our relationships and being in that fellowship, dude, and getting away from the outside world of what they think matters. You know, it doesn't. What really matters is making those disciples, dude, and pouring out into others what we learn. It's like us. You've talked about it before. If you knew that there was a bridge that had collapsed ahead of you, would you let people just keep running off and dying? Or if you knew the cure for cancer, would you hold it to yourself? No, you would want to share it to the world, dude, because it's life saving and it's life giving. And that's exactly. what we have to do as, as followers, as sons and daughters of Christ.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and sadly, in our culture today, there would be there would be so many if you did have the cure uh, to cancer. Um you know, they would reject it and they would be mad at you for saying, yeah. hey, I want to give you this cure, you know, because it didn't it wasn't made in their formula or, or whatever. And that's what we see in today's culture. We try to give Jesus to people and they don't want they don't want Jesus. They don't want biblical truth. They want to try to twist the scriptures and contort the scriptures to fit their lifestyle instead of. Instead of accepting the truth, yeah. it's a sad, sad thing. But, uh, you know, yeah. one day, uh, you know, my pastor this past week, he he preached on Jesus being the ark and he was comparing it to to the days of Noah and how, you know, God told Noah to bring his family and and the animals in And there was that, that time after so many years of Noah preaching that God shut the door of the ark and it was too late for everybody. And Mm -hmm. that's why we preach. That's why we suffer the persecution, all of the, the hate tweets and hate emails and all the stuff. That's why we do it to share Jesus with people outside the walls of the church, whether they hate us for it or not, uh, we are sharing the truth of God's word because one day the door of the ark is going to shut right now. Jesus is Mm. our ark and, and we have the opportunity to come to him and rest in him and accept his sacrifice. And, and
0: (laughs) dude, I know, listen, you're right, man. You're right. There's, there's so many blinded folks out there, but what we can think about too is, um, I believe preached first to his family and they were the ones <clears throat> that were in that ark with him. So there's a lesson there when we have to pour into our families, you so can't forget them there, There's times I've gotten busy where I've forgotten to just pour into my wife and daughter. And it's a reminder right now, as we're recording this, be sure every single day that you're pouring into your wife and daughter because they're under your roof. And if you can build up your house, the enemy can't destroy anything in your life, right? You know, if he can destroy your family, he starts to chip away at other things. And there's a lesson there in Noah. He had his family, and that was all he had in that ark with those animals and himself. Mm-hmm. But dude, I mean, there's so much of a lesson there that is God's reminding us, be sure you're pouring in your family too. Don't forget about that. Don't get so busy with the outside world, you forget to be a godly father. You know, Christ-likeness is synonymous. Is that what we read in Maximize mm-hmm. Manhood? I believe mm-hmm. I'm saying that right. Being Christ-like to your wives your husbands, whatever it may be, your children, being Christ-like, being sure you're a godly father, godly mother, and pouring into your family as well. And, yeah. And, dude, that's, there's, you gotta, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm. Build that foundation. Your family has to be built on Christ.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that is our primary ministry. That is our primary focus. Uh, you know, and we've talked about it before. What if, what if we are called what if we are only called to, to see our families changed? What if we are only called? Can we be satisfied? And this is a question for other people to ask themselves who feel called to ministry, who feel called to, to share Jesus. Can you be satisfied if all that the Father has called you to is to, for the rest of your life, pour in to your family? Can you be satisfied with that? Or do you have such a pride about you that you think, oh, I've got to be the one behind the pulpit. And, you know, the Lord spoke it to me in 2015. um, And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was, I, I, I knew that I was called and I was, I was trying to get out. I was trying to, 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 build myself, uh, coming from the wrestling world, you know, it, it's easy to get caught up in, Oh, i got to, i got to, you know, market myself as a, as a minister, I've got to market myself and, and preach that, you know, call these churches and say, Hey, you want to book me for this? Blah, 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 blah. It, it's easy to get caught in that mindset. And you even have, have ministers out there who tell you, Hey, you need to be, you need to be on the phone all the time. And I don't believe there's a problem with, with, you know, calling somebody and, and, you know, and, and asking, Hey, would you pray into having me come? Whatever. Um, but there's too much of a focus on the pulpit. Oh, I've got to have the pulpit. And, and the Lord spoke to me, uh, when I was first really stepping into my, my calling to preach, and I was like, I got, Lord, you got to open these doors. Well, I'm, I need to go preach. I need to go here. I need to go there. I need this church. I need this church to open. I need, you know, whatever. And he sent me out on the street corner, man, with a sign <laughs> that said drive through prayer. Yeah, And I ministered to people as they would drive through for prayer. I would pray for their needs on the side of the road. And, wow. and he, he, but he spoke to me before, right before that. And he said, do you really, want to share Jesus and help people or do you just want to get the glory for being the man behind the pulpit? Right. And that's where so many of us who are called are, we think, Oh, we've got to be behind that pulpit. But sometimes, sometimes he calls you just to pour into your family. Sometimes he calls you to just pour into a small youth group of five or 10 for the rest of your life. Sometimes he calls you to, to pour into, you know, we're focused on building our church, and really that focus is building our own kingdom so that the church down the road can look at us and say, oh, look what that pastor, uh, you know, that evangelist is doing. He's drawing this big of a crowd. He's got this many members. He's had this many saved this year, blah, blah, blah. What we're actually trying to do is build our own kingdom. But can you be satisfied? If, if all you are called to do is pour into your own family or a small group or a small church for the rest of your life.
0: Or not only that, we can kind of transition it into, to something else here that leads along with that. I believe you talked about your dream, the fire, the water. Can you be okay with not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Romans one sixteen and, withstanding the fire that's going to come your way mm-hmm. i've experienced that over the past couple weeks i've been very outspoken about my beliefs and my stance against abortion and other mm-hmm. things and i have been attacked we yeah. won't go into detail about that it's okay you can go to social media look <laughs> but are you ready to withstand the fire where jesus says they hated me first, they're going to hate you basically even more. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to withstand that fire? Are you ready for, for the attacks of the enemy? Uh, hurtful words, sometimes death threats. Luckily here in the comfortable world, of the United States for now, I say, because mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a change and a shift. We don't have to worry about them knocking on our doors, trying to chop our heads off. But it, are you ready to withstand the fire, the persecution that comes with that so I, I lead into you talked about a dream you had and i think there's a similarity of a dream the night after man camp we're going a little long today guys it's all right. it's okay there, there's no time limit on it whatever but i think of a vision a dream that the night after man camp i get home and i'm in my comfortable bed with my wife my daughter and sound asleep about twelve thirty that night um I wake up and I had been like moaning, like I was being attacked and I woke up in a cold sweat and in this dream. And it was just, just dude, it was the most evil thing I'd ever experienced in a dream there. I was bound. My whole body was bound. Only thing that can move were my eyes. Okay. And I'm in this dark pitch black, dark, can't see anything. The only thing I could see with my eyes that can move was this lit up cross in front of me. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I could never decide to distinguish what this demonic voice was doing. All I could hear it do was laughing and screaming in my ear, man. I woke up in, in cold sweats, shaking and shivering, had to go to my secret place, pray in the spirit, go to the Lord. And moving forward, I spoke to you about waking up earlier or going to bed earlier this week. And I felt the spirit say, in that dream, there's going to be things coming your way, and, and Casey and I are praying this could probably be our ministry altogether, where the fire is going to be attacking. the, the demon is going to be there rising up against you because you're standing for biblical truth,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the world hates that. And in that dream, I'm reminded of that one thing that I could keep my eyes on was the cross and the light and the promise of Jesus Christ. So saying and talking about this dream, are you ready to withstand? What's coming your way when you truly say, Yes, Father, I am all in? Uh, yes, Father, I will do whatever you tell me to do, I will give up whatever you, you tell me to give up. I, listen, Casey, I've come to a place in my life where I don't care about a contract. Mm-hmm. Years ago, that's all I cared about, that's all that, that that's all I was. That was my identity getting yeah. signed to a major wrestling company, making money, being cool on Twitter. I don't care anymore. One, two years ago, when some things shifted, we heard about the tweet heard around the world. There was a shift in my spirit, where I said, "Man, I'm not of this world, yeah. Father. I'm I'm all yours." And that dream reminded me of that because it was, dude, it was vivid. And my wife even asked me the next morning, "Hey, were you okay sleeping last night?" Because I heard you like moaning and like you were fighting. And I was like, she heard it too. Yeah. And I told her, and she got like cold chills out of it, dude. But it was so real, and the Lord reminded me that. During all these attacks, you're going to go through this. Keep your eyes on me. Remain in fellowship with your brothers. Have others praying for you no matter what you do. So are you ready to withstand these demonic attacks that are going to come your way because you stand for the truth that people hate? And because you stand for the truth, I've experienced myself, ones who don't believe in the truth, don't care for the truth, are going to slander your name. They're going to do all these other things because you stand for Jesus where he said, I am the truth, the life, the way. That is the only truth. We stand on biblical truth. We don't contort the word of God to fit our lifestyle. So I believe our dreams have this interlinking together, man. Of those who can withstand this storm, this flood, um, dude, there's going to be so much fruit flowing from it. And we're going to see so many people coming to know the Lord.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we talk about American Christianity and man, man, you have preached this on this podcast for over a year now. Uh, <laughs> There is going to be persecution coming to America. Oh yeah! And there is going to be persecution to any true uh, Christian who is speaking biblical truth. People hate biblical truth, and and we and I, I believe that's why so many pastors are hung up today, terrified to preach biblical truth. Because they know the persecution that's going to come their way. They know the the hatred that they're going to get from, you know, the the LGBTQ community and from the abortion activists and the, you know, all of these different activists who are pushing their agenda they know they're going to be hated. They know their names are going to be slandered. They know they're, they're just going to, to have their name driven in the ground and their church driven in the ground. And so that's why so many are terrified to stand on biblical truth. They'll give you an answer like, oh, well, you know, that's between them and the Lord. No, oh, Here's the thing. Uh, if the Bible says it's sin, it's sin. Mm -hmm. And we are to openly proclaim that it's sin, but to let people know we've said it over and over and over. And if you have listened to this podcast and you have, have heard us pour out our heart, if you truly believe that anything that we are saying is from a place of hatred, then your mind is completely twisted and you are just believing what you want to believe because we are we preach biblical truth. We tell biblical truth. We stand for the truths of uh, truths of the word of God, yeah. but it, every bit of it is in love. It's like you said about the, the analogy that I used about the, the bridge I'm driving down the, the highway at 80 miles an hour. Wait a minute, probably seventy because that's speed. i I'd
0: probably yeah, J- Jason's listening. Don't let yeah, him say I,
1: I'd get convicted at uh, over seventy. So, but, so I'm I'm driving down the highway, seventy miles an hour, and notice that this huge bridge is out in front of us. Would people rather? And these people who are who are sending the hate tweets and the hate emails and all this, what they are saying is they would rather me turn my car around. And just drive back the other way and wave at them as they are headed off this, this, this bridge that is collapsed. That's what they are saying. Instead of me turning my car sideways and jumping out, waving my hands. No, 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 stop, stop, stop. They're, they're actually saying that they would rather me just nice and easily turn my car around and wave at them as I go by not give them any warning of Mm. what they are about to face. And that's not what we're called to do. We can't do it no matter how much they hate us, no matter how much they persecute us. We, as as men and women of God, we cannot just stand and allow people to go in lifestyles of, of sin without saying, hey, there's a better way. Jesus has a plan for you. What he did for you will set you free. Everything that we do is in love. We don't hate the homosexual. We don't hate no. the, the person who, who a transgender or the lesbian or the, the, the abortion activist or the person who has had an abortion. We don't hate them. And we are not condemning them. We are not telling them that they're horrible people and they're, they're just hell bound and there's no hope for them. They're useless. They're worthless. We're not telling them that we love them enough to tell them that Jesus died for them just as he did for us. And he can set them free.
0: Yep. And I like to say this real quick before we wrap things up or whatnot, Matthew 24, Jesus is telling about the signs of the coming of the end times. It's full of it. And I and I think about you and I, I think we you mentioned we don't hate. We're just throwing out warning signs here. Mm-hmm. We're we're there catching you in our arms, saying, Let me lift you up and let me show you what the father's done for me by pulling us out of a sinful lifestyle.
2: Yeah.
0: And real quick, I got a story. Once again, my daughter, and this just came to mind, but maybe six months ago, she's getting out of my truck. Okay, picture the father in this. Picture God doing this for you when you're in this sinful lifestyle. She's getting out of my truck, Casey, and she. I'm standing there. Father's standing there at the door helping her get out. She misses a step, starts to fall face first to the concrete. Mm. Now, two decisions. Let her smack her face, bust her head go, you learned your lesson, you need to watch what you're doing. Nope, <laughs> what happened? Dad, daddy's instincts came in. My arm swooped in and caught her in midair. Amen. Because I love her. Yes. Dude, that's, that's what we're trying to do to, we, I never call abortion murder because there's women who's had them, who's been forced to have them who are living and having to regret that Mm -hmm. they don't want to hear that word. They want to hear, I love you. Hey, there is a way that we can, we can cope with this. I don't hate gays. I don't hate anybody who's living in that lifestyle. I want to be like the father who, as you're tripping into this sinful lifestyle and you're about to smash your face on concrete, you know, in, in a picture, in a way, I, the father's there swooping his army and are using us to swoop army and catch you and set you up right and go, listen, let me talk to you. And that's what I did. I swooped in, called Ava and and chucked her back in the truck, said, Look at me, watch what you're doing. A step there. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, and in her little eyes, she's thinking, Ooh. thank you daddy. Yeah. <laughs> and even my wife was like, Holy moly. She goes, you're quick. I was like, yeah. And I just thought about that, dude, that is God. Yes. He's swooping in with his arms and saying, but eventually there's going to be a time where that arms away and people are just falling. People are just yeah. falling. But man, we have to, you guys have to realize that the father's there swooping in with his arms, both of them catching you said, so, man, let me show you love. Let me show you protection. Let me show you uh, that I am a good, good father. that's going to keep you from falling into the pits of hell Mm. by the sinful lifestyle that we've, you and I have been pulled out of. So we do not hate, don't care what people say. They're going to constantly tell us we do, or we're bigots, racist, homophobes, whatever it may be. Um, But the truth is we love you and we want to help you. And he gives the email out all the time. Casey does email us about these things. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's, let's pray for you. Give us a name, give us a situation. That's where we are. We're there to catch you in our arms and say, Hey, this is what wrestling for the faith is about. It's not about hate speech. Yeah, It's about truth and God's word and loving you and helping you get out of this sinful lifestyle.
1: Right. And, (laughs) and just to, just to wrap up on what you're saying there, we care about equipping people. We care about showing love and helping people be all that they can be all that they are designed to be all that the father has designed them to be. We care about them. That's why we share these truths. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why we tell people that there's a better way. Um, it is for someone, and I'll just plainly say it. We say this all the time. Uh, and, and people have, send us messages, hate tweets and all this other stuff. And all they want to spew is hatred. And we say, Hey, why don't you email us? Why don't you call us? You know, we're, we will plainly talk to you, not with hate. We will, we will discuss, we can dialogue, we can go back and forth. And in the end, if we have to agree to disagree, then that's totally fine. Uh, But we want you to know that we love you enough to try to help you and to try to pour into you. And if you don't end up seeing it our way, then that's totally fine. We have we have done what we are called to do for those who would say that we hate them because we speak biblical truths. Someone who hates you is not going to want to talk to you. Someone who hates you is not going to offer to. Hey, email me or call me. Let's let's talk. Let's 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 dialogue on this. Someone who hates Mm -hmm. you is not going to do that. They are not going to have a care in the world for you if they truly hate you. They're not going to care enough to say, hey, call me. Right. So, yes. Amen.
0: Amen. That's the truth.
1: And deep down, deep down, honestly, they know it.
0: (laughs) They do. It's conviction. It's pure conviction. Amen. I've been there.
1: Yep. Yep. All right. Well, remember, Remnant Youth Retreat, uh, Friday, August 12th through Sunday, August 14th, and uh, that is going to be at Camp Agape in Benton, Tennessee. If you'd like to sign up, email us, wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com, and uh, we would love to have you also. You can email uh, that email address if you have questions, thoughts, comments, prayer requests. Uh, or if you would like to bring one or both of us, uh, in your church or, or event to speak, we're, we're wide open. So, uh, yes. so feel free to reach out to us. Um, and you know, we, we love pouring into people and, and helping as much as we can. So, Amen. yes, sir. So we love everybody. God bless you. And we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at RealCaseyCage. Follow Chad Lael on Twitter at CWLail underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.